going to happen. But my question to you today is, what about yourself? What about yourself? What is there that needs to happen inside of you to prepare you for the change that God wants to bring in to your life? Not just the church, but individual lives. What about yourself? Be honest with yourself here today and be honest with God today and just simply look in the mirror and say, God, what are you trying to do in me? And I'm going to pause right there. And if we can stand, I do want us to have special prayer this morning for uh, Brother Aiden. He is sick, and we forgot to mention his name during prayer. And I want to pray for him today. Amen. We want God to touch him. He was running the fever all of last night. And, and we just want God to heal him. Amen. Lord, we love you. We thank you today, Jesus. God, I ask you, Lord, to touch Aiden right now. God, I pray, Lord, from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. I pray, God, that your healing touch will flow. God, I pray, Lord, that you will touch him this morning. God, I pray, Lord, that that fever breaks whatever's causing it, God, to be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe that, give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can be seated. Now, God has really been speaking to us over the last few months. Services have been amazing, and, 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 and we can't stop that. We can't stop that flow of the Spirit. But today, all week long, I couldn't get away from challenging us to take a look at ourselves, asking Jesus, what in me does he want to change? What in me does he want to change? My prayer every night when I go to bed is, God, help me be a better Christian tomorrow when I wake up than I was today. God, help me be full of your spirit today, tomorrow more than I was today. God, whatever's in my life that doesn't bring glory to you, God, take it out of my life because I want to be closer to God. Does anybody in this house want to be closer to God? You see, we're living in a day and an age where right is wrong and wrong is right and we need to get closer to Jesus every single day. Amen. So I'm asking you to be honest with yourself this morning and simply say, God, what do you want me to change? I am trusting in Jesus enough to take a look at me and take a look at myself and if I'm ready for that breakthrough, if I'm ready for that anointing, if I'm ready for that ministry, then our prayer needs to be, God, let it happen in me. God, let me change, mold me into what you want me to be. I don't want to live on yesterday manna. I want fresh manna for today. Amen. You see apostolic churches uh, falling on the wayside trying to become more and more like everybody else, and they're stepping away from stuff. I'm telling you, revival doesn't come from stepping away from the Word of God and the things of God. But what brings revival, what brings ministry, what brings anointing, what brings healing is relationship with God. Amen? 
So God, prepare me. Change me. I'm ready to go wherever you want me to go in you. I'm ready to grow in you, God. I'm ready to be the pastor, the minister, the, the whatever you want me to do, God. I'm ready to go there. But folks, we will never go there if we don't be honest with God and we don't start taking off some shades, some, some fake shades sometimes and, and start bearing ourselves before the Lord. God, I need your help this morning. I'm frustrated. God, I need your help this morning. I'm aggravated. God, my brother doesn't like me. My sister doesn't. Who cares who likes you and who doesn't? What matters is I get close to Jesus because that's where my power lies. That's where my anointing lies. I'm not going to allow the enemy to come in here, Brother Mark and Tony, in my life and cause division because I. he's saying, Brother Gary doesn't like you. Brother Gary Gary's upset with you. It's not going to, let's be honest with God. We've all been there at some point in time. We're going to get into this a little bit today, amen? Aren't you ready for freedom and liberty in yourself so that you can go out and be an effective minister for Jesus Christ? It doesn't matter if you have a license or not. You are a Christian. You are called by God. You are chosen by God. God has purpose in your life. And you can minister to one another. And you can minister to your friends and your families. But you can't minister effectively if you're bound up with some stuff within yourself. And God sent me here today to tell you that if you will be honest with yourself, there is freedom and there is liberty for you in this house today. John 8, 8, 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. One of the things I've seen in the apostolic church in the UPC is honestly, listen to me here today, honesty. Honesty requires looking at the whole faith and admitting that there are some things that we need to change we don't need to go the new Pentecostal route. We need to change and go back to the rock. We need to go back to the old ways. We need to go back to prayer meeting. We need to go back to fasting. We need to go back to proclaiming the oneness of God. We need to go back to living a holy, separated life unto Jesus Christ. Because there is a phase of apostolic churches that are rising up, that is dropping some stuff for the crowd. You don't have to drop anything to have revival, Brother Mark and Tony. But what we need to have is a move of God like we've been having. And getting out of our comfort zone. Getting out of our mindset that we're in a school. We can't grow. We can't do this. Oh, yes, we can. If they could have 3,000 in a day of Pentecost walking by, hearing them speaking in tongues, and growing the church in that day, he will still do it today. Jesus is about to reveal something into us today to help us move into a deeper walk in his spirit. But only, everybody say only, if we can be honest with ourselves and with Jesus. We can't go 
where God wants us to go, hiding behind a curtain of hurt, of pain, of distress, of this or that. Oh, we put makeup on. We put this stuff on to show, hey, I'm okay. Everything's fine. But inside, we are hurting. Inside, we are frustrated. Inside, we got so much going on. Let me tell you something, baby. Jesus knows it anyway. He already knows what you're facing. He already knows what you're feeling. He already knows what's in your heart. So why not be honest with him and simply say, God, I need you today. I need you to touch my mind. I need you to touch my heart. I need freedom today, God. I'm tired of walking this way. I'm tired of thinking this way. I'm tired of acting this way. Hallelujah. Freedom. Freedom comes at a price. Freedom is never free. Somebody has paid the price. The freedom we have as Americans, it didn't come free. There's some soldier that paid the ultimate price for us to have this freedom. Protesting in D.C., there was somebody, the people that they were protesting, the wars, the, the battles, the things that they are protesting, that's what gave them the right to protest is because there was somebody that stood up and said, you're not taking my freedom away. There was somebody that was willing to go fight to keep the freedoms that we have here in America. You see... Something has to die for freedom to come. And in us, it is our carnal nature that has to die for the cause of the big picture. It is our carnal nature that has to die out and say, God, I want more of you. I don't want the flesh. I don't want the desires. I don't want this and I don't want that. But what I want, God, is a move of your spirit in my life. Something has to die, Sister Tree, in order to have that freedom. Sometimes you got to turn off the blue tube and you got to get into a prayer closet. Sometimes you got to push away from the table and go into a fasting mode. Sometimes it's going to cost you something. You've got to die out. Freedom is never free. How many of you want to be free in the Lord today? Be honest with yourself today. It is painful because the truth will ultimately liberate us, free us, and bring us closer to God. But initially, it is something we would rather avoid. Who loves fasting? Nobody loves fasting. But we know we got to fast. We've got to put our flesh under subjection and allow God to speak to us. It's painful, especially a Daniel fast. Oh, my Lord, that is just nasty. Aren't y'all glad we don't do that anymore? But sometimes, sometimes you've got to push it away. And can I tell you this? Just being pushed by the Holy Ghost here this morning. Is it okay? 
sometimes you know that you need to push away. Sometimes you know you're not where you need to be in your walk with God. Sometimes you know you're not praying the way you should be praying or reading the word you should be reading or growing in God the way you should be growing. And you know that you should do something different. You should push away something. You should go into your prayer closet. You should fast. You, should, you know that, but it's hard. It's hard because our carnal nature doesn't want to do it. But I promise you, if you do it, you will be free. And God will help you. And God will touch you. Amen? Let's go to John chapter 4, verse 24. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him. And what? In truth. Truth, not concealing. To lie, to hide. The reality lay, lying at the basis of an appearance. Honesty is simply being honest with God, with yourself, and everybody else around you. The amplified version of John 4.24 says this. Worship him. Must worship him in spirit and in truth. Reality. Reality. We have to understand he already knows what we're going through. He already knows what we're facing. And when we don't offload those burdens to him, we're not being truthful with our maker. Now, can I ask you this question? If we're not being truthful, Brother Mark and Tony, will we make it to heaven? If we're not being truthful to God, Will we make it? I'm not going to say yeah or no, but it is definitely something to ponder about, isn't it? Because I think God already, God, I know God knows what's in our hearts. God knows what's in our spirits. And so if we will release it to him, it gives him the opportunity to set us free from that stronghold. To really be a worshiper requires honesty before God. This honest about... Be honest about yourself, your relationship, nothing hidden before Jesus. Although we know the truth makes us free, why do we think unmasked honesty is so difficult for people? Why is it so difficult for you and I to just simply unmask ourselves before God and die out to Him and telling Him about the difficulties that we're having and the things we don't understand? Why do we need a personal experience of God's unconditional love for us in order to search the deep things of God in our lives that come out of hiding? In John 4, Jesus moved the woman at the well from the surface of her concerns to the deeper issues of her life. Can I tell you, God doesn't want to just touch your surface issues. God just doesn't want to touch the things that are on top. God wants to go a little bit deeper. And I believe that's what he's going to be doing here in a few minutes today. He confronts the, wood, the lady at the well with why questions. He went below the surface of her actions to deal with her bigger life-related questions. Question number one, why are you at the well in the middle of the day. 
Nobody comes to the well in the middle of the day. Nobody feeds their animals in the middle of the day. They draw their water in the morning and at night. Why are you here now? And he, he pretty much, because you're ashamed. You're ashamed. That's why you come around when there's nobody else around. You see, Jesus wasn't criticizing her. Jesus wasn't uh, 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 berating her. He was trying to get her to look at the deeper issues of her life. I am not berating anybody here this morning. I am not trying to be ugly or nasty or anything like that or condemning this morning. But what I am trying to do is push the Word of God into you. That God wants to go deeper into your life to help you be free of stuff that you have carried around long enough. Because for the revival God wants to give this church. But more importantly, what God wants to give this church, God wants to give you. He wants you to be free. He wants you to deal with those things that you have kept hidden for so long that they're just now deep down and part of you. And let me tell you something. Those things, eventually, they do come out. And they come out in a very ugly way. If you're carrying contentment against somebody, at some point in time, it's going to come out. If you're carrying hurt and pain, eventually, it's going to come out. And it's going to come out in a not good, so, so good way. So why not be honest with God and say, God, I'm an open book. I've got this problem. Lord, I, 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 me and Pastor Bucky don't get along. God, that's, I'm making an example. Let me clarify that. But there could be something down. Uh, let's, let's break off of that. Let's go to my personal family, my family. I've got a brother I haven't seen in 15 years. And while I was praying this and studying for this message, God began to deal with me, Brother Lanza, about why. Why haven't you dealt with this? Why haven't you made a way to make this right? Why? Because there was something deep down inside of me that I didn't want to face. Sometimes, and it's cost me a 15-year relationship with my brother. I'm being honest. We got to dig in ourselves a little bit and say, God, I want this gone. I want this out of my life, God. It doesn't matter, but what matters is you, God. He confronts her with the questions, you're ashamed. You're ashamed of your life. You're ashamed of what's going on. He's trying to get her to admit to him, I've got an issue. Because he was the tissue for her issue. He was the one able to supply her need. He was the one that was able to take that issue away from her and give her freedom from being ashamed. Can I tell you today that that same God that met her at the well is in this building today waiting to meet you, waiting to help you, waiting to deliver you, waiting to give you a miracle. The second question is, why are you running from husband to husband? Not in that many words, but he says, you know, how many husbands you've had? She answered. He's like, correct. The husband you have now is the man you're with now is not your husband. What, are you, what void are you trying to avoid? 
Why are you running from one to the other to the other? What are you trying to avoid? What, are you, what void are you trying to fill up here? And listen, she tried to sidetrack the conversation by trying to keep it surfacy, by asking Jesus about the best place to worship. You see, God was getting ready to hit a nerve with her. He was already hitting a nerve. But he was getting ready to go a little bit deeper. And she said, I got to get him off this track. And so she began, okay, let's take this back up to the surface. That's how we are sometimes. When God starts to deal with us some stuff, and we just don't want to let it go, or we're, we're ashamed of it, or we're afraid to let it out, or, or whatever. But, but so we try to bring it back up to the surface. My thing today is God. Dig deep in our hearts and let us be honest with you. And so you can clean it out, God, so we can be the vessel that you want us to be. So she tried to, Jesus says in John 4, 20, this is part of the scripture. It says, our fathers worship in this temple, she says. And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus instead calls her to examine her life beneath the surface and consider her immoral lifestyle as an indicator of her insustainable uh, thirst for love. I'm going to probe a little bit here in the spirit today. When is the last time you were truly, honestly with God? When is the last time you really bared yourself in a prayer closet and you just stripped down in your spirit to nothing and you simply said, God, rewrite my book. God, release me from this burden. God, release me from this stronghold. God, it's stopping me from doing what I need to do for you. Can I ask you today, I'm going to do a little probing. Do you want to do something for God? Do you want to be that vessel God wants you to be? Are you content on sitting on a pew and hoping that your dishonesty before God gets you to heaven. Help us, Jesus. God created man in his image. The image of God was the foundation of creation of man. He created man, body, spirit, and soul. In this, we find the revelation of God's own nature. We see the image of God perfected in the manifestation of the word of God. Jesus shows us his express image of the person of God. We can see the fullness of, Jesus Christ, of God in Jesus Christ. When we gaze into God, we will see him in all of his power in the face of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. And he dwelt amongst us. Just as he was the created one, God is one. He has a body, he has a soul, and he has a spirit. And his name is Jesus. He gives us, God gives us a picture of how we can walk in fellowship with God in the life of Jesus Christ. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, I mean chapter 4, verse 12 through 13. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, 
piercing even asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the hearts. Neither is there any creature that is not manifested in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The Amplified Bible says, verse 13, this way, not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight, but all things are open and exposed, naked and defenseless to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Can I tell you, he knows us, he knows us, how we really are, how we are when we're alone, how we are when we're our peers. He knows what kind of Christian we are when we're in church and when we're on the job and when we're home and when we're out with our friends. He knows. Genesis chapter 2 verse 25 says, And they were naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. In the beginning, Adam and Eve were naked and not ashamed. This simply means that they had the kind of relationship that nothing was covered. In Genesis 3, 7, it says the eyes of them both, the eyes of them both were opened and that they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Because of the sinful nature of man, something told Adam and Eve to put some clothes on. God help our generation. They tried to cover their sin. Now please listen to pastor today. If you don't get anything else out of this service, if you haven't gotten anything up to this point, catch these next few words and write them down because they, I feel like they are very important. When you have a mess in your life, we, you try to cover it up with our own efforts. And it does not make it any better. When we try to cover it up, Brother Mark and Tony, it doesn't make it any better. Actually, it makes it worse because we end up going through a thing, a trial, or a situation longer than we had to because we refuse to be honest with ourselves and with God. Adam and Eve they knew something was wrong. They knew that they had to put some clothes on. They tried to cover it up. They remember they went and they hid from God. Listen to the, uh, Genesis chapter 3, 21. And Abraham, and I'm oh, sorry, and Adam also to his wife did the Lord make coats of skins and clothed them. When God came and found them, Hiding in the garden. He clothed them with a little bit of more of a permanent clothing. He covered them that so that they would be transparent and honest before him again. Can I tell you, his covering brings honesty to his body. His covering brings honesty to his body. See, when he reclothed Adam and Eve, he brought them back into fellowship, so to speak, with him because transparency. Yeah, you messed up. Why did you do that? Why? Okay, but that's fine. Now, I'm going to put something a little bit more permanent on you, and it's going to bring transparency. 
Because his covering brings honesty. I don't know about you. I want his covering over my life. I want to be honest before God. I want to be a vessel that God can use. Now let's go back here a little bit. And there's a place in God where you can feel safe and you can feel secure in knowing that God knows everything. He knows your beginning from your ending. He knows where you're into and what you're not into. He knows how you're praying and how you're not praying. He knows where you're going and where you're not going. We, he knows everything. When we flee from that idea and we illustrate that we are not walking with God as we should, we have to become transparent, vulnerable, and honest with God. He wants to walk with us. He wants us to walk with Him. He wants us to war with Him against flesh and against darkness. God's intent is that we are broken and vulnerable unto Him. And that simply means not relying on our own strength to cover or to make up what we think we need. But instead, we will be allowing God's strength to work through us, through our weakness, weakness, and brokenness. Sister Tammy, this trial you're going through, this thing, it's not going to destroy you. It's not going to hurt you. But what God is saying, don't rely on yourself. Don't rely on your doctor, but rely on me because I'm going to be with you every step of the way. We get in trouble with God when we start relying on ourselves instead of relying on Him. I'm telling somebody here today, you need to shed off that thing and you need to simply say God I'm going to rely on you I need you God I've done it myself I've done it my way long enough and I just got deeper and deeper in my hole God I want to rely on you so many times we go through our problems too long because we're not honest with God we're just relying on ourselves. And God is saying, I don't want you to rely on yourself. I want you to rely on me because that, when you are broken and when you are weak, that's when I am strong and that's when I can come in and I can change your situation. Too many times, I'll tell you a little story. Brother Madden was here. We were in Plaza Street. We was... Uh, him and Marjorie were living in the church in the back part of the Sunday school room. And I just felt as pastor, it was my job to help them. I had to give them a place to stay. We had to do this. And it went on and it went on and it went on. And it was about a year, year and a half that they stayed back there. And then one day, the owners of the building come in and they, that Marjorie and them were back there. And they called me and they said, hey, they got to go. Either they got to go or the church has to go. And I began to cry before God. I began to pray unto God because I love Brother Madden. Brother Madden was one of the best ushers we ever had. And I love Marjorie, and I just wanted God to do great things in their life. And, and I began to cry unto God, and I, 
And I said, God, why? I don't understand this. Why is this happening? Because he had no place to go. There was no place for him to go. And then he ended up going all the way to a place called Covington, Virginia. I didn't even know where that was. And so I began to pray, and I was talking to God, and I said, God, why is it like this? And God said, because I was trying to work in them something, but you kept interfering. That's pretty harsh for a pastor to take, because I thought I was doing the right thing. But you see... I was intervening every time God was trying to do something in them, I would reach out to help. I would reach out and do what I felt was right, what I felt we should be doing. And the whole time, God was saying, Ray, I'm trying to work something in them. I'm trying to build something in them. I'm trying to get them to trust in me and not you. I'm being honest. I love this man. And I love their daughter. And I, 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 I tell you, it was hard. It was harsh. For, it was hard for me to swallow that. But I come to understand that ninety percent of the times in our lives, our troubles, our struggles, our things that we're going through, God is trying to mold us. God is trying to work something in us. Every time you try to fix something on your own power, without being honest to God about it, you are withholding the hand of God in your life. After Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God pursued them to make a way for them to come back to him. He provides clothes, and then he prophesies how he would defeat Satan. Because of the fall, God builds the curse of the thorns and thistles. Genesis 3.18, into the fabric of the life as we know it today. 17, Genesis 3, 17 through 18, cursed is the ground for thy sake, sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life, thorns and also thistles shall bring forth, shall bring forth to thee, and they, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. God explains how that from that point forward, life was going to be painful, life was going to be difficult, and life was going to be frustrating. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Has your life ever been painful? Has your life ever been difficult? Has your life ever been frustrating? Have you ever thought, because my life is difficult, my life is frustrating, and my life is painful, that I'm not in the will of God? I'll be there. I'll say it. Why? Because we all think that that's our human nature. We think everything's going to be okay. But in Genesis, God gives us a road map. He says, this is what it's going to be like. This is what it's going to be like. He breaks down the curse in two primary areas. Genesis 3.16, relationships, 17 through 19, our work. Relationships will be barked by pain and misunderstandings. We will be disappointed in our marriages, our families, our churches, our friends, our workplaces. Intimacy replaced by manipulation and power struggles, put-downs, seductions, defensiveness, and the withholding of relationships. Loneliness will reign. Work will be hard, and work will be frustrating. We will have failures. The ground will be hard. Thorns and thistles will mark our work. We will never com feel completely satisfied. Why does God do this? Why must we suffer this way? He released this curse to drive us to our knees 
to seek Him and to recognize our need for a Savior. Because if life was peaches and creams, life was always mountaintops, there's thousands of dollars in the bank all the time, we would not need God. But God allowed and He released this curse to drive us to our knees to understand that we need Him. The problem is rather then the problem is rather than to be broken by the thorns and the thistles of life, we will either flee, fight, or hide. We will flee by bearing our pain in some form of addictive behavior. When I was on drugs, I had pain. I had all this stuff. I was hiding it behind the drugs. I was hiding it behind the alcohol. We will find it some, uh, some form of addictive behavior. It's not always drugs, folks. It could be video games. It could be hunting. It could be hunting. I can't believe I said that, but I'm being honest. It could be vehicles. It could be our homes. It could be status quo. It could be addictive things that we're trying to fill this void with, and we're trying to hide the pain that we're feeling. We fight by becoming anger, bitter, violent, because life isn't going our way. We hide by building our lives in a way that cover up how damaged, how cracked, how fractured, how frail, and how limited, and how imperfect we really are. Can I tell you this? Everyone sitting in this building today is broken. Everyone sitting in this building and watching video today is cracked. Everyone in here and on the video today is imperfect. This is a common thread that we all have in common, that nobody is perfect. Even for those who deny this reality in their life, God's intended use for this is to make us broken and vulnerable unto Him to rely on Him. Not relying on our efforts, our strength to cover our makeup. What we need to do is we need to think and we need to say, God, I'm going to be honest with you. By allowing God's strength to work through your weakness and your brokenness, God will bring you to a place of deliverance. If our musicians will come, if you will stand. Matthew 11, Matthew 11, 28 simply says this. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Can I tell you in this house this morning, no matter what problem you're going through, no problem what situation you're going through, what you're facing in your life, what you're feeling in your heart, if you will just simply be honest with God, God will break that yoke off of you today. God will move you into a spirit of freedom where the presence of the Lord is, there is freedom. God is in this building today. And again, I'm not, I did not, I hope and I pray I did not come across as judgmental or harsh, even if you needed it to be harsh. I hope I didn't, that was never my intention. But my intention was to deliver to you a word of God today that God placed it on my heart last week to simply help you go beyond where you are and into a realm with God that you have never been before. But it requires us to be honest for God. This is what I'm going to do. I'm taking off my glasses. 
because I cannot see without them. I can't see two feet from me. I can't see six inches in front of me without my glasses. But this altar is open. I don't want to see who comes. I don't want to see who doesn't come. But I will tell you this. If you will come to this place today and you will make your way to this altar today and you are honest with God and you let him get into the deep things, you let him get into that stuff, not the surface stuff. I'm talking years of stuff. I preached the message a long time, uh, back in the summer, I think it was, digging out your well. It's what we're going to do here today. We're going to dig out our well. We're going to die out to Christ. Because, folks, I don't want the biggest church in Loudoun County. I want whatever God wants us to have. But what I do want is I want every single person that calls themselves a member of TOP, I want them to make it to heaven. It would do me no good to have a church of 1,000 and only 200 make it to heaven. I'd rather have a church of 100 and all 100 make it to heaven. This is what I'm trying to drive you at today. You got to let God in to deal with some issues. You got to allow God to come in and do heart surgery on you this morning. Because friends, the rapture of the church is coming soon. We're living in the end times. And God wants you to make it. And so do I. But more importantly, God wants you to be able to be free in Him to do what He wants you to do. So many times your baggage, the hurts, those pains, those things that are deep down inside of you are stopping you from being all God wants you to be. And I promise you, I cannot see every head bow, every eye closed, however y'all want to do it. If it was me and, and, I, and God is dealing with me about some stuff, I don't care who sees me. I don't care. They're not getting me to heaven. But he is. God, I'm going to die out to you today, Jesus. And so as they begin to sing and play, this altar's open. And I promise you, if you will just die out to him and you will let him deal with that hurt, you will let him deal with that anger, and you be honest. Don't try to hide it because he already knows it exists. Don't try to hide it because he knows it already exists. He already knows what you're battling. He already knows what you're dealing with. He already knows the pain that you've had. He already knows the difficulty you're dealing with. I'm telling you, just be honest with him today. Who cares who's around you? Who cares who's behind you or who's in front of you? Just be honest with him today. And I promise you, there will be a spirit of liberation come into this building today. There will be an anointing that comes over your life today. Come and overtake Jesus. You're the one we're living I said, just be honest with him today. All across this place. Oh, God, I love you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, bring